Prestige heads and welcome to American Prestige. I'm Danny Bessner here as nowhere because Derek isn't actually here today, but we are very happy to be joined the Royal We, of course, by Sam Hunicky, friend of the pod. Sam is an assistant professor at George Mason University and, of course, the author of States of Liberation, Gay Men Between Dictatorship and Democracy in Cold War Germany. Sam, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Thanks for having me back. In this never ending. <laughs> So, Sam, last time we we sort of talked about the, not we sort of, we did, we talked about the 1960s student movements and, and what was happening in the FRG. So, could we talk about gay liberation movements in West Germany in the 1970s and what happened there? Yeah, absolutely. So, basically, um, right, so we talked about the student movement um, and sort of the, in a lot of ways, the culmination of that um, is Philippe Brandt, who is a social democrat. He'd been a resistor um, under Nazism. He becomes chancellor of West Germany in 1969. He runs on this platform of uh, daring more democracy, right? So you've had this conservative government that's been in power for two decades from the creation of West Germany, and you get this young, charismatic um, social democrat who becomes chancellor in 1969. Uh, what's also significant for queer people in West Germany is that that's the year that paragraph 175 is finally reformed. It had been reformed the year before in East Germany, but in West Germany, there's this huge sort of public movement that really develops in the 1960s to push it over the edge. It's part of a larger overhaul of the criminal code um, that the government is pushing, uh, and it's really sort of ushered through by um, a social democrat who's justice minister. So that happens. And that's really the first sort of watershed for queer West Germans, because they, for the first time, are able to sort of go about their sexual lives without the fear of persecution or the sort of explicit fear of persecution. I mean, there's still there's still harassment. There's still the possibility that you could be uh, fired from your job, that you could be blacklisted, um, you know, that police are still going to raid queer establishments. But that fear of prosecution just for sexual acts is now gone. And the act isn't perfect. It sets a higher age of consent for queer men, initially 21, and then that drops down to 18 in 1973. But the initial sort of result of this is that you have a huge sort of surge of queer locales, queer establishments, so bars, um, saunas, clubs, that sort of thing. And then you also have queer magazines that start appearing sort of in the late 60s, early 70s. And so you have this... Uh, Wait, Sam, new- can we actually pause on that for a yeah. second? Because I just find this a very interesting topic. What is the aesthetic of the queer magazine? I know we talked earlier in the in this series about Tom of Finland and sort of yeah. the, the hyper-masculine kind of fascist... 